It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Heather Artis with BlackPearlMinute.com. And I'm Scott Artis from ScottArtis.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 119 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. And I was going to say something about you just jumping into the introduction, but it seems to be a regular occurrence now, so I'm thinking the best way to curb your bad habit is to ignore it from now on i don't like that that's what i'm gonna have to do just have to ignore you that's how you make the bad habit go away you just simply ignore it and then that that little child then decides oh i'm not gonna do that anymore we'll see about that it's also about time i think everyone who's left a review for the show on itunes we haven't started any roll call segment or anything like that but we are grateful and appreciative of all the thoughtful and excellent reviews so in general, here's to everyone who's taken action. It definitely helps the show and allows more people to find us and jump on board. Thus, I thought I would just give a quick shout out to those who left some recent reviews. Cheers to Rendar27, Darius Thunderhorse, Sonambulisteria, RickD3487, That Travis Bow, and Horse Crazy Cat. So even if you're not up for writing a review, you can still give us a five-star rating. Or at least a, hopefully a five-star rating. That would be good. You can just star us. You don't have to actually write a review if that's kind of more your style. But we do appreciate it, and thanks so much for sailing Pirates of the Caribbean with us. Maybe in the future we could do a roll call of sorts or perhaps a quick monthly acknowledgement for those who have left reviews. Might be nice. Exactly. Spread some love. Every time you say roll call, I think of the office when they're on the bus. No, we're not doing that. It might be fun, and it gives that verbal recognition to everyone supporting the show and listening. And I just might need to come up with some special thanks clip. Hmm, I might just make that happen. I'm not singing, though. That would be, if they're not going to do the reviews, then I would sing. Oh, okay. Although it's more of a reward for them because my singing is so good. You got that right. So that's the thing. Yeah, maybe it would be a song. FYI, we do only see usernames and nicknames for those who leave a written review. So although your star rating is highly appreciated, it is anonymous. And unfortunately, there could be those awkward moments if we don't get any reviews for a particular month. And the punishment for that would be, well, to start the segment rolling and then we just sit there in silence with sad puppy dog eyes behind the mics. (laughs) Which makes it even more sad since no one else can see what we're doing behind the scenes. So the moral of the story is don't make Heather sad. So leave a review, you scallywags. I don't like being sad. Just a star review and then Heather won't sit down here and cry. There we go. It's your good deed for the day. Karma. (laughs) Keep Heather from crying. Exactly. In the previous minute, Captain Jack Sparrow and his evil counterpart, Captain Barbosa, take a sword-fighting breather to discuss the always light-hearted end-of-the-world prophecy. It's a hell of an affair with all that fire and brimstone, but let's not overlook the positive and the blatant rip-off from Titanic. We all get to go down with the big blue marble ship on a musical note, thanks to Trumpets Aplenty. Hit it, boys! 
Meanwhile, Elizabeth Swan briefly, and I stress oh so briefly, inspires a recently freed Motley crew to take the classic Will Turner order the face maneuver to a whole new level by weaponizing and wielding the Black Pearl's davit hanging longboat, leveling a breaking death blow to the bad to the bones mallet and grapple. Say hello to Davy Jones. Minute 119 begins with the Motley crew staring silently at Elizabeth Swan after they successfully knock mallet and grapple into the ocean. Elizabeth begs, please, I need your help. Come on. Cotton's parrot breaks the silence, and he port in a storm. Gibbs expands, Cotton's right. We've got the pearl. Elizabeth fires back, what about Jack? Are you just going to leave him? The minute ends with Norrington and the ambush crew arriving at the Dauntless. The Commodore yells, borders away. The Marines begin climbing aboard, and as they reach the rails and deck, the cursed crew turn their attention to the newly arrived reinforcement. Norrington fires a shot at Kohler. Now this is what I like to see in movies. The shocking moments we don't expect. We mentioned the big three last week with Jack stabbing Barbosa, Jack getting stabbed himself, and then his skeleton transformation when he steps into the moonlight. Here, we get a wee little tongue-in-cheek moment, and I dare say probably more along the lines of true pirate action, actually. That's a weird phrase, action actually. <laughs> Elizabeth pleads with the crew for help, and instead of seeing everyone rally around Jack and join her for a cliche rescue with the entire crew, we get deafening silence. The hell no reaction. And everybody stays kind of stepped back. Then nobody even steps forward at all. They're all lined up against the something on the side of the boat or the middle of the boat. Nobody's moving to help her at all with this little boat she's got going on. Yeah, because they don't want to do that. They don't want to get involved. They are done. I mean, at first she tries to appeal to them by playing the Will Turner card, then realizes Jack is a better card for these guys. <laughs> Seriously, though, did she really expect them to help? Yeah. Is she Jack's really their thought friend. about it? There's no way if they came to her and said, you have to help us rescue Jack, that she would have jumped at that. Would she? If the tables were turned, would she have helped them? Not to help Jack, but to help Will. Of course she would have went to help Will, but okay, I'm saying... Okay, so, so it's the same thing. No. They're not going to help Will, no, 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 but... No. If they had come to her and said, we need you to help us get Jack, yeah. would she have gone to rescue Jack? No. Okay, then. But then she put the other in there. But there's no Will. They're pirates. There's only one friend of Jack in this particular moment here, and that's Gibbs. And obviously it's a loose friendship, right? Yeah. So what are you trying to lump everybody in there with? They're pirates. No, I'm not. You said if we reverse this, if we reverse this. Okay, but it's not like a complete reversal. Man, you get litigious well, sometimes. It's you, crazy. We're going to reverse okay, this. I said that we were going to reverse it. Right? But then I realized that you I led you down the person. wrong course of action. So I revised it to say if they were to come to her and say we need you to help rescue Jack, she wouldn't have gone. No. You're putting Jack and Gibbs' relationship on par with Elizabeth and Will's relationship? Really? Is that what you're no, telling me? No, I'm thinking I'm trying to go through Elizabeth's eyes. Yeah. Elizabeth, if this was reversed, Elizabeth would help for her friend Will. Of course for okay. Will. Okay. Of course. So she is thinking. But that's not reversing it because it's the same thing. She's going to rescue Will. She's thinking she, her in her mind oh they're not here for will they won't rescue will yeah that's why I but said that. but they are jack's their friend 
kind of their friend, Jack. one friend. That's yeah, her, her thoughts. I know that. Thinks. I got that. But she wouldn't have helped them at all to, to rescue, rescue Jack. Jack. No. No. Okay, then. So if Jack is not a friend, Jack is an acquaintance to most of these people from what it looks like. Except Anna Maria, who he stole her Jolly Mon. Gibbs is kind of the loose connection and friend here. But everybody else was picked up along the way. They don't have an allegiance to Jack, right? Right. So why would they go rush into something like that? They've already been well, obviously blasted. they wouldn't because they didn't. I know, but they've already been blasted when they were on the interceptor, right? A number of them died. D E D dead. Yes. So why would she think that they just would be so chivalrous that they'd want to go off and help? That was my question. Because that's the way she would think. Because they're the she doesn't know that where they all came from. That's true. She figures they're all his friends. Yeah, but that okay. She doesn't know they picked Will was with them when they picked her up. But that was my point. If she were to kind of that stranger though, that's how I put it. Yeah, I was but just she doesn't a, know that. She assumes they're all friends. I okay. I gotta let that go. I just gotta let it go. Serenity now. Serenity now. I just answered the question you wanted answered. Yeah, but you kind of yeah, I didn't answer it, it the way you wanted. No, because you, you twisted it around I and you made your it. own thing out of it. When the simple no. question, you had to put will in there, or you had to. If I just proposed it as is, and you had to throw a bunch of legal ease into it, like here's all these little strings and connections well, we got to take into account, all... as opposed to at face value, if the Motley crew came to Elizabeth and said. We need you to come help us rescue Jack. She just said, hell no. Right, but you can't look at the question And this that isn't way, future then. Elizabeth. This is just Elizabeth at this particular right. point in time. But we can't look at the question that way. Oh, I can propose and look at the question any way I choose. <laughs> oh. Apology. Because you turned around and said, why do you think Elizabeth... Okay, yeah. Why so there's do you two think questions Elizabeth there. would... Okay, so you answered that. one, but then you answered the other and said no. So I think I'm satisfied now. Okay. I think I just got what I needed out of that. It's also great to see that Elizabeth herself has learned a bit more about the pirates. These aren't the honor among thieves kind of deal, or no honor among thieves, however you want to put it. Because the pirates of legend that adhere to the pirate code of brethren, these are not. They are freelance contractors that decide when and where they're going to fight when they're going to take action, when they're going to do anything. So Elizabeth's romanticized version that she's found in the literature of them abiding by this code is not what she thinks it is. She learned from Barbosa in the beginning of the movie that the code was more guidelines and actual rules. Now she tries to sell that to this Motley crew here because Gibbs brings it up. Right. And it's like, ha, I got you on a technicality because... To hell with the code. Just let it go and do what's right for Jack. Yeah. Your friend, as you call him. That was me doing air quotes there. Unfortunately, her studies didn't include the final lesson that it's not only guidelines, but it's a we pick and choose set of guidelines. Yeah. Whatever is in our best interest, that's what we're going to do. That's where we're going to go. And going back into the cave of death. It's not in their cards. It's not something that's on the table for them to want to do. You didn't like not in their cards? I didn't. I had to change wow. it up because you got me on these technicalities and I just didn't appreciate it. I think you're a little bent out of shape out of that. Hey, maybe I am. Arr! I like it. I mean, this is their real first reaction with skeleton pirates too. 
So why would they want to go tackle more skeleton pirates? Right. For somebody that's like, you know, we got our payment. That's what we were promised. The Jack said if he's not back, we just leave him. That's the whole kind of premise that they're still going by. That's all I have to say. Here endeth the lesson. <laughs> when she's rowing away all by herself, she says, bloody pirates. Now she has everything she needs to know about dealing with them for everything in the future. You just can't rely on pirates. Right. That's the moral to the story. Gibbs and the crew's response is also just perfect here. They do get that ashamed look, at least Gibbs mostly. But he kind of gets that look of like he's ashamed. And we start to think that their conscience is getting the better of them. But nope, bloody pirates <laughs> is basically what happens. It reminds me of that Brett Maverick quote from the movie. Yeah, Maverick. It's all right in the name. As my pappy used to say, he who plays and runs away lives to run away another day. Now, that's awesome. It's like, you know what? Okay, embrace the cowardice. <laughs> Just run away so you can run away again. So would that make this crew yellow? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. Jack's not a friend necessarily. Okay, to Gibbs. They, he does feel ashamed. And I guess the other ones are feeling a little ashamed too. But really, they, they were just tired on. Behind. Yeah, they were. That's part of it, I think. Yeah. But we're talking risking their life for somebody, for instance, Anna Maria, who he's double crossed probably multiple times. I don't know. You know, do you risk your life for that for this guy that's already double crossed you? That's kind of where their thoughts are. They fulfilled their accord. It's complete. He promised them the ship. They did it, and that was just to get them to the Black Pearl. It wasn't to overtake the Black Pearl. It was just to get them there. Right. So there we go. Now they have to be honorable pirates by going the extra mile. I didn't say that. They're I, oh, pirates. I'm not blaming you. Yeah. I am blaming her, by the way. Nobody said pirates have to be honorable. Elizabeth thought they so. Are, but they are leaving a man behind. That's true. But the pirate code, it says to. And Jack told Gibbs specifically... To follow the code. Yeah, but that was before. It always holds, though. It's oh. not like it, he put a time limit on it. Oh. This really is an interesting piece of dialogue, though, and I'm referring to the guidelines comment. Because although the pirates already treat the code as guidelines, it seems that it was one of those typically unspoken elements. And now Elizabeth is passing along, like, wisdom or this idea of how they treat the code into words. Advice that Barbosa gave her. Because they already treated it like guidelines. They weren't like out there like, oh, we should consult the code. They, it was there. But I think even if it wasn't mentioned always as guidelines, it was kind of that under the table thing that they just mentioned it as guidelines. Because I don't think they were all really paying that much attention to the code. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Don't you think? Yeah. It's not like the well, Motley just... crew was mobilizing their support already before she says that. They weren't like jumping at it like, Gibbs didn't speak up. We got to stick to the code and we can't leave our pirate behind. Right. But it just goes with most any rules type of thing. We always treat them more like guidelines than actual rules. That you do. Right. Red lights, stop signs. Speed limits. Yeah. Heather just blasts through all those. Your guidelines. Ah, guidelines. <laughs> but you know what I mean, though. Crosswalk. She just mows right through it. You know what I mean here. I mean, you don't follow every rule to the book. Well, I do, but most people don't. Yeah. Yes, that's true. So, I mean, it's not like they were always following. But I think this is the first time that maybe that's really been said out loud. This is a guideline. And they're like, you know, she's right. We've always just treated them like guidelines anyways. We did whatever we want. We're pirates for crying out loud. 
It's the first time anybody said guidelines. So Barbosa's like a hero to them. Because <laughs> he changed the rules. Before they would... It's like the speed limit example again. Yeah, it says 65. Okay, we'll go 80. I go 45. But we won't go more than that. So it's kind of a guideline, an unspoken guideline that we just follow, especially out here in the Bay Area. Yeah. But we don't really go, we try not to go over 80 because that's when the cops will pull you over. Exactly. So you just kind of keep it under 80. Just you, under 80. Yeah. So there you go. Guidelines. Uh, what are you talking about? I go 65. Exactly. In the 65 zone. 65 plus 20. And we can see how this rounds out and maybe acts like an earworm because it's going to be digging its way into their heads anyways. And this is maybe some action that happens later on when we reach the end of the movie. So we'll see if this still holds true. We'll have to revisit this topic on it. That could be a spoiler or not. What are you talking? Not that we've seen the end of the movie. I but haven't. that could particularly I've be... have seen this minute. Well, I know. You've actually only seen one minute of the movie. And no. it's not even this one. I've seen 119 minutes of the movie. What's fascinating to me, because we're moving on, is that Norrington and the Marines boarding the Dauntless are steadfast in their attack. The first reaction I would expect is something on par with Will Turner's when he first sees the skeletons. And yeah. Instead, they pretty much dive into battle. I have to imagine that your expectations of the curse cannot fully prepare you for actually seeing real skeletons no. fighting. No. You'd, you'd, you'd be shocked to see skeletons out there. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. There must be some automatic, what the hell is going on here reaction. But Norrington and the crew kind of mosey on up the side. Okay, they didn't mosey, but they climbed up the side. And with as grappling soon as he got up ropes. there, he took a shot. But none, all of them just start fighting. There's got to be that moment of, what everybody should on? be expecting the curse to be kind of not real yeah. until you actually see the curse. Yeah. And he gets up there and it's just like an everyday battle that he'd have. Right. Not that moment of, like, where you kind of freeze up for a second. And I know freezing up could get you killed when you're in but the military like that. But you still do it. you got to do some kind of freaking double take Right. Here. Something. Them to skeletons. Acknowledge it, to acknowledge that they're actual skeletons right there. At least that they you're fighting. At least they could have animated, like, their wigs to stand up or something like that to <laughs> signal, like, hey, we're scared here, but we're going to keep fighting. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> this isn't be a Evan little Costello. over the top, but <laughs> it's like a Three Stooges all of a yeah. sudden. But seriously, there has to be that double take or some reaction to seeing skeletons actually fighting because nobody has seen this before ever, right? And now they're just going about it, and so there should be. Will did it. Gillette and the helmsman they kind of did some double take weird looks along with some of those other people for a split second. Yeah. Will's was a little bit longer, but it was still fairly short as he kind of did a. Like a weird look. But these guys, man, they're stone soldiers. They yeah. just come right up and start no blasting reaction away. whatsoever. I'm wondering if they were just killing anybody and everybody on board. Oh, maybe. Get rid of them all. There are men, but hey, this is some crazy action here. Just they're, shoot everybody. They're, they're bone blind. <laughs> they just see skin. <laughs> Clothes Not and even skin. go there. <laughs> Clothes and skin. Does that help? <laughs> Kohler, is that a flintlock in your pocket? Oh, no, I can't see. I'm sorry. I'm bone blind. <laughs> oh, look where you took us. How dare you? You did. I didn't take I us I was anywhere. going innocent, and you went there. Really? I think we yeah. can listen to some stuff, and you are always the one who just takes us down no. that rocky road. 
So curse is a reality. Some people can just handle the curse better. And I think Norrington is obviously one of those guys. But man, yeah, he, he popped right up there and didn't really give a hoot. He just started shooting away. There's a couple of terms I wanted to throw out from this particular minute because we're still in heavy fighting. Any port in a storm. So in adverse circumstances, one welcomes any source of relief or escape. And this metaphor was first recorded in 1749. So it's uh, right around this time. So bravo. Maybe Gibbs is the first one to actually have said it. Actually, actually it's it Cotton's, Cotton's parrot. parrot. So it's Cotton. That's what I just corrected myself. You were just waiting for me to screw that up. You screwed it up. For ships at sea during the days of past, especially a bad storm could be very dangerous. And at such times, they had to find shelter in any port. Even ones that they would not normally have entered. Maybe those on the sketchy side. So they just have to... Tortuga? Possibly, but I think there'd be a lot of people happy to go to Tortuga back then. Oh, it's a shame we're going to Tortuga. <laughs> if they do the Rigetti <laughs> laugh. And they spend all their money there. The other term that I had, and that's of course, there's the bloody pirate line that's delivered twice in this particular minute. Once by Elizabeth and the other by Rigetti when he realizes the Motley crew are stealing the pearl. As Pentel and Rigetti actually see the ship sailing away. And Rigetti says, is it supposed to be doing that? <laughs> But what's interesting, yeah, I mean, that would have to be the first jump to conclusion is that this army that's attacking is stealing the ship because they know that they left Mallet and Grapple on board. Yeah. They didn't hear any commotion going on. So I assume that you would make that leap to the soldiers are stealing it. But why are they? Oh, I guess the other pirates, they know that they left the Motley crew on board. So they're probably thinking that they just escaped. Yeah. And are now stealing the ship. Because he calls them pirates. They wouldn't be calling the soldiers pirates. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying, though. Why would they make the leap, though, that it's the pirates stealing it and not, for instance, Norrington's men? Because they know that Norrington and his men are too involved in what's going Possibly. on. Possibly. Yeah, I'm jumping to that. You have to almost, because yeah. how do they know? They that just, it wasn't. I mean, because to, Norrington, they know that Norrington, no matter what, is going to try to save the Dauntless. Yeah, but that could be such there. a failsafe, though. Like the he, Norrington could have sent men to get the pearl out of the way. Then they have no ship to get to. Yeah. Right? It's possible. Nah. What do you mean, nah? You can't just dismiss it like that. <laughs> That's a heck of a maneuver. They're on Isla de Muerta. Maybe the whole plan was is while they were in the island that Norrington was going to move their ship. Then they come out and there's no ship for them to go to. And they get blasted. How could you shake your head at this awesome theory? No, because they know Norrington's got his blinders on. He can only think of one thing. The, the ambush plan. Yeah, but they were going to ambush the people coming out of the cave. You are being very... Very argumentative today, and I'm not happy about it. How dare you do you that? I don't like that I keep shooting you down. Because this is a great plan. If Norrington is already doing the ambush, he could have sent some men to get the Black Pearl out of there. Then in case they came out, that there'd be no ship for them to go to. They'd just be out in the sea rowing their longboats. Yeah, but if Norrington would have sent... A couple of men? A handful of men? Yeah. There would be shooting and stuff aboard. There's only two guys. Maybe they got rid of them. No. I don't think you're thinking through this because that would be an excellent addition to the plan. If he would have gone and sent some men over there, they could have freed the crew and then they just moved the ship. And then that way, Barbosa and his crew, when they come out, they wouldn't even have a ship. 
that's plan B case that they needed to have yeah, that but going. Norrington isn't the one who thinks plan A through C. Yeah, he is. That's Jack. No, so is Norrington. He plans all this out. Jack may have everything, but Norrington's by the book. That's why he didn't rush off to save Elizabeth. He had to map everything out. I don't like that you don't like that this could have been a good addition to the plan. Well, it would have been a good addition, but it's just not Norrington's style. Now you're jumping in on it? Ugh. It's just not Norrington's style. I'm just going to get back to where I was because I really need this right now. This bloody pirate. I got a bloody co-host in here right now. So where I was at... With the Bloody Pirate line that's delivered, it was a must that I do a little digging on Bloody Pirate. And what I found is now just what I needed to ease my pain. You can hear it in my voice, that pain. This really is a contentious episode. There's a lot of infighting happening. (laughs) A Bloody Pirate has its origin. Has oranges? A Bloody Pirate has its origins with England's York. Specifically, Mark Perkins and Tim Fox. Pay attention, everyone. This is must-know information. What you have to do is mix raspberry vodka with spiced rum liquors to create big, strong-tasting drink for all you swashbucklers out there. The raspberry vodka, or bloody part of this drink, conveys a fruity taste while our spiced rum, no stranger to pirates, adds a rich caramel treat. That sounds mighty tasty. Now be off with you and fetch my drink, you wench. I'm not sure who you're talking to. Talking to you. That's pretty tasty sounding. I know, we're going to have to get some. And it's going to ease my pain. I might have to have all of it. I think you're the argumentative. And actually, it's funny that you brought up orange when I clearly was accidentally blundered that because in some versions of this that they actually do like a blood orange in it as well. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I was was reading your mind. Man, this really was a contentious episode. Yeah, if you didn't have to argue so much. You argued and the listeners don't like that. Well, that's all I got. Before we start arguing more about other things in this minute that... We really start our own skeleton pirate battle. Might as well get on out of here. And then we can try and recoup and come back for the next minute. All back, refreshed, the happy-go-lucky selves that we normally are. And go from there. But man, yeah, you today were were on fire. You obviously need some bloody pirates. Like a couple of them. No, you just just didn't want to take my thoughts into consideration I said we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 120 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. Now get me that bloody pirate. Yes, ma'am. What's that, Banjo? Heather's been drinking at the Faithful Bride Tavern? Take me to her, buddy. Blimey! Passed out in the mud with the pigs? Again? This sty is your second home. Heather, wake up! The show's done and you're supposed to tell everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. Banjo, get me a bucket. Hey Scallywags, while Banjo's getting some water to wake up Heather, it's time I say thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook and Twitter. If you're interested in our best-of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are at blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy.